the Mass of Christ. That's what the word Christmas means, the Mass of Jesus Christ. In a sense, over 2,021 years since that event took place in Bethlehem in the Middle East under a star during the time when Quirinius historically was the governor of Syria, Herod the Tetrarch was the puppet king in the area, and everything was aligned in accord with the oracles and prophecies of that moment under Caesar Augustus in the time of relative peace in the Roman Empire, the God-man, Jesus Christ, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Divine Father through the Virgin Mary, was born as the Savior of mankind. We know the story, and it's so easy to simply tell the story as something that took place then, 20 centuries ago, and simply say, let's just tell the story again, like twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. But to tell the story that way, like Rudolph or Frosty the Snowman or the Grinch, or Charlie Brown's Christmas, to tell the story that way would really totally misinterpret and misunderstand the power and the reality of this baby boy. Because we're not just telling history. We are living that history, even now. Because one thing the Catholic Church does is not to represent the past, in telling those stories about Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men, but to represent all of that mystery and power 20 centuries later, until the end of time. So what we're doing tonight in the whole Catholic tradition is to represent, present again, that incredible moment, literally incredible, unbelievable, wonderful, mysterious fact of history, but even now, the fact of our time in faith, the power and the privilege of worshiping, adoring, and experiencing the love of God made flesh in a baby boy. And most of the world will look at this baby boy as just that. It's another birth. It's a lowly woman, uneducated and poor, a foster father who had no real earnings, no great career. Just another story of maybe a prophet, a wonderful healer, a guru, a founder of some religious cause, a wise man, a moral man, a poet, a dancer, whatever. Most of the world will always look at Jesus of Nazareth as just that, a man, a prophet. This is the way all religions have always treated Christianity, as just another one of those prophets come alive with superhuman powers, maybe, to heal, to raise the dead, 
to cure the leprous. Really? They missed the point. No, unlike any other religion the world has ever professed, Christianity is the only one that speaks about not just a man who had godlike qualities or characteristics or powers. No, far more profound, friends. This is God. This is the divine made flesh. No other religion has ever proclaimed that or will ever proclaim that. And as I've liked to say so many times, I would not have done it that way. That's too hard. That's too complicated to become a man. If you're God, why become man? Why do that? Why not simply say, as we've said so many times, just to send a, a tweet to everyone in the world that I love you, all is forgiven, mercy, forgiveness, love, 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 ho, ho, ho. No, that's not real. It's got to be real because God created things in time, in place, reality. Catholic Christianity is a reality check on religions because this is real. This is a real woman who conveys a real human nature to a boy in her womb. And that boy conceived in her womb is God by power of the Holy Spirit. It would have been easier if he was just a boy and Mary and Joseph had relations and we just talk about a prophet. That's the way the world wants to understand the story. Or say that the Catholic Church has been lying about the story for 2,000 years. I wish it were that easy, friends. But that wasn't the revelation. That wasn't the truth. No. No, it was very, very different. And yet real. And there was no room for them at the inn that night. And no one wanted them. And it was a very difficult time. In fact, the first years of the Christ child is hardly a hallmark card. We look at the scene of simplicity and beauty and innocence and almost a Hollywood production. But it wasn't that. It couldn't have been that. Soon after the boy is born, Herod wants to destroy the kid. And all males under the age of two because he's afraid of the power that will confront him. Who is this king of the Jews? I am king of the Jews. There can't be another one. And so they flee into Egypt. They go eight months on a donkey into the night. Jews in Egypt, not good. Not good at all. Very dangerous. They could have been killed, sold. And they're told to return. Another eight months on donkey. Poor Joseph. He always gets the raw end of the stick, doesn't he? Poor Joseph. And they arrive back. And they start a home in Nazareth. And he's the son of a carpenter. There's no money. There's no education formally. He didn't go to college. He didn't have a real job. 
as they say. But it was their family. And it was real. And Mary and Joseph were teaching them their story of what had happened that night when Jesus was born. My guess, he had to say, Mom and Dad, what happened? Can you tell me the story? And they did. And he would learn those critical words which both Mary and Joseph had taken into their hearts and expressed, thy will be done. Thy will be done. It was a mystery to them. They trusted in God terribly. And they simply said to the boy, look, if there's one lesson we learned, and we don't know all the answers, but we just pass it on to you, son. Thy will be done. Which is why he could echo those words of Mary and Joseph 33 years later on a cross and say to the Heavenly Father, not my will, but what mom and dad taught me. Thy will be done. Not easy. This was not, in the eyes of the world, a very successful life. In fact, in the eyes of the world, the life of Jesus of Nazareth was a complete tragedy. Ridiculous, actually, by world standards. But here we are, 20 centuries later, with so many who have come to follow this baby boy who grows up at the age of 30, goes public with a ministry of teaching, preaching about the kingdom of God, healing, and most importantly, dying on a cross, and even more profoundly, significantly, rises from the dead. So Christmas, the Mass of Christ, Christ Mass, is the gateway to the whole life, death and resurrection, that we experience as we go through life, death and resurrection in him united with him because here is a god who wants to be so close to us so close not just in nature or signs or prophecies or predictions or the stars but body to blood that's the most human real check on religion when it's so real body to body blood to blood and that's what Jesus does through Mary. This is a beautiful night in which we celebrate what the world will never understand, that God so wanted to be our friend. No other one has ever said, I want to be your friend. Man has always feared God. Now we love God. We want to be with God. Why? Because God has loved us in sending us a Savior. He could have sent us an engineer. He could have sent us a doctor, a politician, an economist. He could have sent somebody who said, I know how to solve this pandemic. I know how someone can take away all your disease and make life immortal that way on earth. But he didn't do that. He didn't send a technician to solve our problems or a banker. He sent a man to be the perfect act of sacrifice. These baby arms 
in a manger, say six inches apart, are extended to you and me tonight. 33 years later, they'll be extended much wider on a cross. And even now, that beautiful man, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, is extending his arms to humankind to say nothing has changed. From all eternity, I loved my creation. I created you. And I cannot but love what I create. Because what I create is not evil, not bad. Oh, you've fallen from grace, yes. But I've come to restore that. Because I will do for you what Santa Claus cannot do. I will give you life eternal. I will give you the pledge and promise that nobody else has ever given you, the resurrection of your body. See, friends, all this is part of Christmas, Christmas. And every day, in a sense, is Christmas. Every day is Christ Mass, the Mass of Christ. That's why we're here tonight, in a very special way, in a sober and solemn way to focus on all of that. We can get caught up in all the beautiful accidents of music and flowers and candles and smells and bells, and all that's very important. But the substance of what we're celebrating tonight is something, again, the world doesn't understand as a holy day. They see it as a holiday. Now, we say happy holy days, everyone. That's the root word to holiday, by the way. Holy day. And Christ Jesus is still the reason for the season, which is why Christmas is about Jesus, ultimately. And everything that flows from that is but a footnote on what is about to happen even now at this Christ Mass. Body and blood given for you, given for all, so that sins may be forgiven. The same body and blood born of Jesus then, now through faith, is given for us under mere forms of bread and wine. Every time we come to the Christ Mass, every time we come to the Mass of Christ, every time we celebrate Christmas, every day, the same mystery then, the same mystery now, the same forever. Finally then, on this holy night, just an invitation to all of you to reflect on how much more room each one of us can make in our heart for Jesus in the new year. Just to reflect on how much more room we can make for him. One of our little girls once was asked, what role do you want to play in the pageant? Do you want to be the shepherd or Mary or Joseph or one of the magi? She said, no, no, I want to be, I want to be the innkeeper. I said, what, why do you want to be the innkeeper? She said, because in the story, they said the innkeeper told Mary and Joseph there was no room for them. I said, so why do you want to do it? She said, because I, I want to make room in my heart so that he's not cold. Or alone. See, God is always extending his arms to us to say, would you just pick me up? See, that's what he's saying. Would you take me down? That's what he's saying. 
I've done all this for you. Can you do something for me? What is your Christmas gift to him? Did you make a list for him? Did you ever ask him what he wanted for Christmas? He just wants to open his arms and say, just make more room in your heart for me. Little child whose bed is straw, take new lodgings in my heart. Bring the dream Isaiah saw, knowledge, wisdom, worship, awe. Merry Christmas, everyone, and a blessed New Year.